Thank you for joining me. You are listening to Real Conversations with Your Wild Sister. I'm Janelle Buckley, your host. Let's get wild. Possible bad language in this podcast. Sorry, not sorry. Grief. Intense sorrow, especially caused by someone's death. Have you ever been through grief? And if you have, how did you handle it? Hi, I'm Janelle. And I'm Harmony. Today we're talking about grief and what it means for us specifically and what we've been through our experiences with grief. We'd like to say straight off the bat that if anything in this podcast brings up any issues, triggers you, um, and you don't feel you have anyone in your family or friendship circle you can talk to, please contact Helpline or someone that you feel can help you. Yeah. We will put um, numbers and links to websites or... Beyond Blue websites, a great one for that. Yeah, and we can put that also in the description of this if you want to check that out at the end. But anyway, we're so glad you're joining us. Yeah, for a difficult conversation. Yeah. We... But I think it needs to be said. Um. So I would like to first say that we both have been through a couple of big griefs in our life. If yeah. You, if that's how you call the, big the grief. plural. Yeah, the big plural losses of, of grief. grief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One being um, the loss of your baby brother, Joe, mm-hmm. and one being my dad. And then yep. we've had other family members and our pets. Yeah. And I suppose you can even... Grieve a loss of a friendship or a job. Oh, for sure. That was something I was thinking before when we did the intro to this saying the description or the dictionary description saying that it's especially grief, especially once you've lost someone, the death of someone. It's It's not exclusive to that. That's right. Yeah, but you can grieve. Any for loss. Sure. Yep. Any, any anything loss. that you lose, anything that's not yours anymore. Yep. Like you said, a friendship, a relationship, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, shall we dive straight in? Do it. Let's go. How have you experienced grief in your life? Do you think the biggest grief was the loss of Joe? Um. Yeah. Definitely. I also in this moment want to say that age plays a big part and Mm -hmm. because one thing we do want to talk in this episode about is the stages of grief and how we personally deal with it and how it creeps back up on you and different stages different things that can trigger you or um, how it changes the way we are in the world so once you (laughs) grieve the loss of a person especially that's passed away you know you don't behave the same way in the world as you would have before. And not everybody's the same. Some people become a better version of themselves eventually. And, you know, say for example, like Joe dying of cancer, some people get out there and all they want to do is stop cancer hurting anyone else. And then there's people like me who's done almost the opposite. Yeah. Where you're like, fuck cancer. Yeah. And like, don't want to even talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So what about, yourself I oh I can go back to talking more about my experience but with you was your loss of your dad the most heavy yeah, grief but I was 11 so I definitely didn't deal with it then 
I didn't, nobody told me how to grieve. Oh, yeah. Nobody, no parent or friend or anybody told me how to grieve. It was kind of like, you just be sad. Yeah. And then you have to suck it up and not be sad anymore. But yeah. Yeah, I wish somebody had have told me how to grieve. It wasn't until I was, I think I was like 24, 25. So many years after he was gone, yeah. my grandma, my dad's mum, said to me, I don't think you've ever grieved. And I thought that she was ridiculous. Like when she yeah. said that to me, I was like, I've been what sad. What are you talking that you're talking about? Yeah. Like grief. And yeah. she actually printed me out. Like ah. the stages of grief. I think she even laminated it. And Classic she, grandma. Yeah. Love it. And gave it to me. And I remember reading it and kind of rolling my eyes at it in a way, not to her face, like being like, oh, thanks, grandma. But yeah. then I stuck it like in my TV cabinet and I don't think I ever looked at it again because I didn't understand. Like, no, I'm over it. Why would she say that? Also, that to me is a classic example of denial. That's, <laughs> That's exactly a stage of grief. And yeah, you're like, I'd oh, I can't. Grieved. And we talk about this and we did in the last podcast mm. about if you go to a counsellor to talk about a current thing in your life that's bothering you or current yep. state of mind and then it brings up everything, that's the fear. Mm-hmm. So if you go, oh, I'm going to deal with the grief of your father that died when you were 11, mm-hmm. you're like, that can of worms needs to stay closed because I'll lose my mind. Yeah. Yeah. And the two counsellors that I have been to, that was like a huge thing. Like I remember when I say it so casually yeah. to them. Their eyes go wide and they, like they lean forward and they start writing. And I'm like, oh my god, oh, you're like, here uh, we go. Like I'm over it. Okay, yeah, don't and pity like, me though. This is us. Me. We hate yeah. the pity. We get um, the uncomfortable. This the um, sympathy. We feel a bit. Mm-hmm. Feel uncomfortable. I get hot. I get yeah. I don't. I don't, don't want to go it. there. Your throat starts to hurt. But I weirdly feel like I only grieved for him. I want to say when I was like 27, I think I went through a bit of depression and I wasn't working and I just remember thinking about him every day, like every ad, there'd be like a work cover ad where the the son is waiting for the dad to come home and he doesn't come home. And I'd burst into tears. Like, it's just an ad. It's like a 10 second ad, but I was reading into everything and every song. And I, I wanted to watch like the Lion King again, which he took me to see and the dad dies in it. And I went like, Oh, far out. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And everyone around me, like that didn't really know me that well, like, you know, friends or old co-workers or even my partner didn't know how to deal with it because they met somebody who didn't cry didn't cry and then all of a sudden I was just crying all the time do you know what triggered do you know what triggered you into that moment like 27 that's years after grandma gave you that info about grief what do you know a thing that happened I think I was just really depressed and I think about other things or having other stuff going on yeah, yeah just like you know, lifestyle and working in the wrong job or, you know, probably taking too many drugs or drinking <laughs> too much alcohol and yeah. just I was in a – Not eating a, properly. No, never. But yeah. I was in a really bad place and I pushed 
a lot of friends away and a lot of family away. I think it was probably that because I wasn't really communicating with anybody. Yeah. And I was just staying at home a lot. And, yeah, I finally – I feel like I cried for maybe, like, three months. Oh, wow. Like, just cried and missed him and dreamt about him. And so I don't know still how the stages go, but I yeah. definitely did shock at when I was 11 yeah. and sadness and then I just and then that shut it yeah. down for, like, years and years and years. And then I – so that's denial. Yeah. Yeah. And then I feel like I got angry when I was great. Another stage. (laughs) Yeah. I got really angry, like just pissed off that he wasn't around. And I suppose because I was so sad and I Mm. wanted a parent. I wanted to sit on his lap and for him to say everything's going to be okay. And, you know, he was like this huge human, like six foot two, six foot three. And I just wanted some big bear hug to like pull me out of my – my funk and say yeah. everything's so then I got mad that he wasn't there. Yeah. I don't know. Is what say have I done all my stuff? Hang on, let yeah. me let me just check. <laughs> it depends. We'll keep going. Yeah. <laughs> there well, so the first time I really under well not understood but learned about the seven stages of grief was after Joe passed away. Um my little brother and mum very casually and calmly bought like a list of the seven stages of grief. I think she'd been wow. given in a brochure from maybe the funeral home okay so like days after yeah I think and I just remember it being purple and I remember handing it to us like you all probably work through this at different times oh my god and yeah and like here you go and I just remember thinking I don't really know I just yeah so anyway that's my side of the did you read it did you or did you like I went through when she passed it to you where you like no still in denial I think still in denial and this is something I've learned for me so I don't know I think everyone would be very different I go back over them like I haven't let go of anger of losing Joe and that's been so 10 years yeah, he's just gone. 29. Yeah, he'd be 32 yeah. this year. Yeah. yeah. So it's been like 10 years and a yeah. few months and I still get angry and I don't think that's ever going to go away and I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I think don't it's... think you could work through the seven like it probably said in the brochure and then you won't feel angry anymore? I think I cannot feel angry for longer periods of time okay. but then when I see my kids do something awesome yeah. and I think, oh, my God, their Uncle Joey would be so proud. Yeah. I get bits of different parts of grief but I do get some anger, probably yeah. not as bad as, or as fresh. But, yeah, anger. But that's also probably personalities. Like I'm a passionate person. I'm very uh, – like I have a very sensitive personality and I definitely get I, – I hate injustice. I know everyone hates injustice, really, but, yeah. like, I really hate injustice. So when I think about the people out there that are complaining about their life, mm. I think, oh, my God, my brother would do anything to still be alive. Like, yeah. he did not – he was not ready, and he was 21 when he died. Like, yeah. you're however old and you're complaining to be alive, you should be grateful. But in saying that, you can't always be that – Judgy, because I've done that. I do I that I know, sometimes. but there are some evil, evil, horrible people in this world that, that should have got cancer and died. And somehow they're 90. I know. Like... So 
Joe is not the only person that you've lost in your life. No, and do you know what's crazy is so you were eleven? Yeah. Yeah, when your dad passed away. I was eleven when my auntie passed away. Mm. And so that's an interesting thing that we've got in common. Not that like it's obviously different, but that it was the same age, you know, prepubescent yeah. <laughs> teenage girl, like yeah. to go through that and that's the first experience. So my I'd lost my nonno, my dad's dad, when mm. I was um five or six Very and little. I still remember yeah. um mum and dad standing in the rain getting ready to go to the funeral and I still have memories of that time and I still have memories of missing his like spiky beard <laughs> when he'd like Italian double ch- like yeah. cheek kiss me and I'd miss that but I was five and I didn't really understand it all all that much but Aunty Vicky being 11 and it was so sudden I guess that's another part of grief that's going to make it different you know if someone is taken suddenly like in a car accident mm-hmm. it's um there's a different like I think the disbelief of that would last longer yeah I was going to ask you what you found <laughs> worse yeah okay what, what is worse I've but been asked this a few times sudden or slowly because Joe died very slowly in front of our eyes yeah like... I, no, honestly I, I've heard people, and even prior to Joe getting sick, I heard people say that they had lost people, like a family member friend, in a sudden accident mm-hmm. and they never got to say goodbye and all the goodbyes and all that, and that they thought that that was the cruelest way. They'd rather, like, at least if they got sick, they'd have time. And I compl- that's fine if that's how you feel, but Ooh, and I don't want to... Yeah, but know. I'm the opposite. Yeah, I, to I me, yes, it's amazing that you mm. might get to say goodbye to someone. But for me, I would much rather a person I love that much die in a second than suffer for two years. Like, no way. There's no comparison in my mind. And honestly, because of, I guess, the disbelief of it even being real and the days or weeks leading up to Joe passing, we were so in denial of it being real that even though we had palliative care coming out to the farm, even though we had people telling us, like this is the end. We were still fighting for his life. Mal yeah, was still, still our brother still googling, yeah, like tablets to take, curing. Like that morning we were doing. Yeah. yeah, and so I, we never even in that stage. I never said goodbye to him until mm. the moment he took his last breath. I still was like, you know, didn't I wasn't like rooting for him, saying you're gonna be okay like that. But it was like none of us in front of Joe or each other were ever going no. to admit, wow, this is the end. It wasn't until. He took his last breath, and, and we realized you were there. Called us in, and, and it was we were three fifteen. She went and ripped the clock off the wall. I'll never yeah. forget it. Well, we were all stand. So I'll never forget this because I remember thinking, like that this was a precious moment, even though it's the worst moment in your life. Mm. One of that we were all kneeling by the side of his bed mm. as he was like being so if anyone's I I don't I don't want to get too deep into the like actually what's going on because it's pretty horrific really so I'll just say that as he took his last breath we were all kneeling by the side of his hospital bed that we'd had brought out to the farm and it it was actually his um really good friend slash girlfriend at the time that Mench said oh I think he stopped breathing and we'd been watching him slowly like stop breathing and stuff for a bit but yeah, and it wasn't until the moment we realised he was gone that we all started to say goodbye, like erratically and crying. Mm. It was weird. Yeah, none of us were willing to do it before. say we love you and we're so yeah. proud of you and we wish you weren't going. None of us could say it until we knew that it was it was like that preservation. 
Yeah. It was fucked. It but, was really fucked. Yeah. But in talking about the two different ways, yeah, of course they're both bad. Losing someone suddenly for something like an accident or watching someone sick, yeah. get sicker and sicker, both of them are horrific in their own ways. Yeah. You can't compare. But watching someone get sicker and sicker, I think, has to still be worse. I agree. Yeah. And because I think what people, when they answer, at least you get to say goodbye, well, we just answered that. We didn't say goodbye. We, exactly. we never came to that conclusion. There was no button that we had to push that was like goodbye, then you push it. You just, you're still in hope and you think like we were, we were, we were in hope. I remember you like cooking his favourite meals and yeah. not even knowing it. Like he, could, he couldn't eat. No. But you still were cooking. But the naturopath told me he needs protein for his yeah. liver, so I was like scrambling eggs because he couldn't swallow he hard could, foods you know, and like, tie. So, yeah. I remember getting the Tom Carr recipe. And, yeah. Yeah. So, Aunty Vicky's grief. Did you go to the funeral? Like, um, no. So, I, that's no. something interesting. I don't know if anyone listening has the same, has had a similar experience, but when... um. My auntie Vicky died in a car accident mm-hmm. and it was like I'll never forget. So at 11, year old, 11 years old, I was, we were watching um, Funniest Home Videos. Oh, so Saturday So night? I don't remember. No, I have a feeling it was a, no, it was a Wednesday. I feel okay. like it was a Wednesday, but I know that I, it was a school yeah. night um, because what ended up happening was, Mum and dad were in the kitchen. Mum was crying. Dad said, Aunty Vicky's been in an accident. I said, is she okay? He said, we're not sure. He already knew she'd passed but didn't know what to say. And then I, in the morning, will never forget going to, we are getting ready for school. I went down to the bottom, like the bathroom, the shower, Mm -hmm. and said to mum as she got out of the shower, is Aunty Vicky okay? And at 11 11 years old, I was thinking in my mind over and over, She's probably just broken her arm. She's probably yeah. just broken her arm. It's probably just a God, please let it be a broken arm. Like mm-hmm. that's this 11-year-old girl thinking over and over. I looked at mum and she was like a, a shell of a person already and she just said, Arnie Vicky's dead. She died. And then my brothers and sister and I were promptly sent to school. <laughs> yeah. And I don't blame mum for that now at all. Like I understand that you got to do what you got to do. It was her only sister, and her best friend. And her own her, Yeah, and so, yeah. but it's just, wow. Like, I had yeah. to go to school. I've told close friends this before. I think I met, I've probably told you I, I was, was crying yeah, in I was the, when you said yeah, that. I went to the your sporting mom is a room. a very loving, like, affectionate, caring person. Yeah. So you would think that she would hold you close and yeah. not want you to leave the house. But that was her way of dealing but isn't it weird that grieving like this makes me really sad for all of the generations before us because these days like we're lucky that when our children go through grief I think we not just because we've been through it Mm -hmm. and know what did work and didn't work as kids but we're society switched on how you deal with kids with grief is different yeah when I was 11 when you were 11 no one said this is how we deal with grief nope no one said it's okay to feel these feelings no one you didn't get offered counseling for heaven's Mm -hmm. sake why weren't you and I you especially also dad why were you never no one said like let's go take you to somewhere where you can talk to someone Mm. it's that's crazy to me and so anyway so I went to school I was crying in the sporting 
room I remember surrounded by like those big green bins filled with like basketballs and stuff and a teacher walked in and yelled at me to get <sighs> out and then said oh you're crying and was and and I didn't know what to do and I just said oh my my auntie died and she just dismissed it and then all of a sudden she almost didn't believe no, yeah and then I'll never forget another teacher walked past as it happened grabbed my hand and said come with me her auntie did just die and took me into the offices so to your calm me down or, or to help me tell the school yeah that, that one teacher didn't get the yeah memo. but then this is another thing crazy about grief this is funny because actually we weren't going to talk about this but let's just go with it because this is so important I think for kids for us as parents to understand how to help kids with grief and how not to yep. so don't send your kids to school the morning they find out their auntie dies that's mean Tick. not no blaming but don't do that yeah. and then um it was difficult because being one of four, no one could have the four of us when mum and dad left to drive like seven hours to go to the funeral a few, like two days later or a day later. Mm. So Arnie just dies, who was our closest auntie that we yeah, had the most relationship aunt, with. Yeah. yeah. And then mum and dad, who never left us either, <laughs> or mum was always there, take off and split us in twos. So I went with Mal to a friend's place and then the younger two joe and vanda went to another friend's house and so arnie dies mum and dad go and then two they of his siblings separate. are taken. yeah and you have to keep going to school and the girl over here janelle who doesn't like crying who's tried to hide crying in the like sporting room at school yeah. is suddenly doing the same thing i still never forget um one of our oldest friends um kristen yeah her dad david farrell he came up to me and gave like pat me on the back and said, are you okay? Cause I was crying as I walked in after school, but pretending I wasn't. Yeah. And he just did that gentle, you know, it's like, it's okay. If you need anything, we're here for you. Yeah. And like, that means so much to me even now looking back. Yeah. So, so much. And but, he wouldn't have known how to deal with it, you know? Yeah. Well, most Nobody people Nobody teaches you how to deal with it no. or teaches you how to help your children through it. Or if you're looking after your friend's children, like, yeah. Yeah, I know. That's tough. I know. I don't. So do you think, so as a, a mother and an, a woman now in your 30s, mm-hmm. how would you, if you could have been there for your 11-year-old self, like the first time you've lost somebody like oh, in that way? That's had, hard. What do you I think? I haven't even really thought of it. And I still, yeah. like, I still don't know what to say if, like, yeah, somebody died now, what I would tell my girls but I suppose in that moment, um, I don't know. I feel like your mum was very special to me. She tried to make me feel happy, which was nice. Like she acknowledged that I was really sad and then she took me shopping for chocolate and said I could buy <laughs> anything I wanted and that well. gave me like a little mini happiness. So yeah. that was like it's hard to remember what happened. I know that my... My mum didn't really put me through the stages of grief or offer me counselling or anything. It was kind of like my brother just took off. So we got the phone call and I saw her face drop and then she told us, like, your dad's dead. And Luke. That's how she said it? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I feel like I block a lot of it out. That's how I felt. Like Yeah, like. You Boom. saw her face, you know something's wrong and you're just looking and you're waiting for like what's what wrong. But 
for me, I'd had that phone call, I feel like a couple of times before because my dad killed himself. He'd attempted it a couple of times before. And you knew? And you knew. were told? Yeah. How do you tell just, a kid that about their dad? Well, How did you they see it. You instinctively, oh. the phone rings. When you're a kid back in the 90s, the phone is very exciting, the landline. Yeah, so true. when the phone rings, that's like, that's really exciting. Yeah. Like, is it my friend? Is it grandma? Is it my dad calling? Yeah. So, like, you sit there and whoever answers the phone, you're staring at them like, yes. who is it? This is our connection <laughs> to the outside world. That's so true. And then when you see your mum's face drop, and you know, and you're reading it, and you're trying to listen yeah. in, and then, yeah, you you ask, and a couple of times before it was, you know, your dad's in hospital, but everything's gonna be okay, and this time it wasn't, and yeah, Luke just took off on his bike, and that was his way of dealing with yeah. it, was to just run. ride away, yeah, run away. I think he went to his best friend's house, and. I just ran into the backyard. I think I jumped in the pool and just tried to like go underwater and then just sat on the Silence. side and cried and cried and cried. And I remember getting hugged by my mum and then that's all I really remember. The rest is like a blur until I remember my friend brought me a plant and she called it my happy plant. Aww. And I remember thinking that's so nice that they care. That's like so... she really cares. She brought me a plant. Yeah. And then when your mom like just came and cuddled me and let me buy chocolate, like yeah. fuck, we were never allowed. I was just gonna fruit. say that's like, like a big deal. Never. I thought chocolate was carob, like my yeah, sugar free carob. Literally, yeah. we were like organic, gluten free, like yeah. health food store yeah. people. And I got to go to Woolies and like buy Dove chocolate. Oh yeah, Dove. That thought, doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, I don't think. <laughs> like, this is making me feel like something. Like yeah, which was nice. And have a moment to sort of escape. Mm, and I don't think I had to go to school because my mum was never that into education anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> she was probably like, great. I could have taken weeks off. I don't know. But I do remember the first day back at school after I don't know how long off and my teacher announced it. What? Like, I remember sitting there. What? And Wait, Mr. to in front of you to yeah, everyone. Mr. McNamara said like Harmony's coming back from like the loss of her dad and I <gasps> I hated being the center of attention and I hated oh, you know public intense. speaking or getting up for orals or whatever and I just remember like going bright red and just sitting in my chair <sighs> which was kind of like in the middle of the class and just everyone looking at me weird like weird like they couldn't fathom what yes. I'd done and I just what had happened to you it out and then I never wanted to tell anybody again that's interesting that they said it um while you were sitting there mm. I mean I don't know what they would do today or if that's sort of like if there's a protocol for that but that um, seems weird doesn't it I feel like, like yeah well do you know this is interesting because this brings up something about a person I'm sure she won't mind me mentioning this I'm even gonna shout out her name to <laughs> beautiful Alicia telling mm. so she and I've talked at length about grief and loss because she lost her only brother yeah. when she was young a teenager and um it was like yeah anyway I'll just all, all I want to say about on her behalf because I know she won't mind me saying this is that when it was time for her to go back to school I think the teachers or principal asked Alicia's parents is it 
what what do we do? How yeah. do we help support Alicia? What does she want? Wow. And she said, I don't want anyone to talk to me. I don't want sympathy. I don't want to blah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so they said to everyone previous to her coming back to school, I don't know if there was a whole school at once, at an assembly or whatever, because her brother also was at the school, so the whole school oh. was grieving his loss, um, that he, she, they said to everyone, please don't talk to her about it. Don't bombard her. Please don't do that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. She just wants to be sort of not, doesn't want the attention, I suppose, doesn't want to feel like bombarded. But when she got to school, what happens? She gets angry because all of a sudden everyone's acting fucking normal. Her brother's gone forever and she's act, and the whole school's acting like nothing happened because they're doing what she asked her parents to ask the teachers to do because at whatever age, you know, that's like attention, don't want it, like you said about the assembly, and that's true. But also, um, hello, can everyone please acknowledge that my brother just died and I need Mm -hmm. everyone to act like, it's the world's ended, not acting like there's nothing's changed. That's that's so hard. That's so hard. Can you like? I yeah. feel I just want to give her a cuddle right now. I know, me too. Makes, she's so angry. Like, but what's what? I would have said the same thing, and then I would have reacted the same way. A hundred percent. I think everyone's the oh. same. It's like we talked in the last episode yeah. about. We want a bit of sympathy, but not but, too much. You just pe- everyone's just balanced. The perfect amount. Yeah. Please. Can everyone just perfectly give me <laughs> my sympathy, empathy, yeah. my quota? Exactly. Yeah, I remember being at my dad's funeral, and it was the first funeral I'd ever been to, I think. And the funeral happened, and that was so sad. Like, that was so sad, especially standing up the front and everyone looking at you and people that you don't recognise all feeling so sorry for you. Yeah. You can just tell by their faces. And But it was also nice to hear a lot of people talking stories about my dad, like my yeah. hero, my favourite person, and all these strangers, these big, tall, like, adults saying, like, stories about him. And I'd never heard all these things. So it was this mixture of, like, pride and sadness and disbelief and embarrassment and then it's such a weird thing that we do and then we went to the wake in like a bar where most like some sort of function pub there was alcohol and tables and food and shit like there is it every yeah. other wake and everyone's happy yeah and I didn't get it and I got so angry because you're that 11 like yelled and cried And, like, I was so angry with everyone. I was like, how the fuck have, like, my dad's dead and you all, were you faking it at the funeral? Like, saying all these things and crying. And now you're all happy. Like, you're laughing and talking about things that don't relate to my dad now and eating. Like, I don't want to eat right now. Yeah, that's What the fuck? I don't get it. Like, it's so weird. And as an adult, like, I kind of understand why a wake is important because funerals are so sad and then they say like we want to celebrate their, their life. life so i've been to funerals recently where that's kind of nice to like catch up to people who collectively loved that person that yep. left us and you can laugh and share stories about the good times as well as cry together and then yeah catch up on things and try and not feel sad for a second. Yeah. Do you think that 
people grieve differently at different ages. Yeah. Mm. Especially because you're just diff- a different, you're not developed, you're not mature. Maturity, yeah. Or, and, and it might not even be age, it might be like how, mentally how old you are. Yeah. I, I hope that, you know, I really hope that people, each generation that keeps going along, learn how to help kids deal with grief. Because for mm. me, t- teenage, and because that's what I've been through myself and you've been through it too, grieving loss of a loved one so young and such a delicate age. Mm-hmm. The tools were probably there, but I don't know if they were accessible. You mean counselling? Counselling, perhaps or other people around. even like... <laughs> Yeah, well, see, that sort of stuff. Yeah, was there even Google. an internet when we were 11? Like, there's nothing. No. We didn't have any phones. Like, no. so this is a very different age. No, you couldn't search anything. That's no. for sure. You could probably go to the library. And see an outdated yeah. book about. <laughs> or maybe a guidance counsellor at school. But I think you would have to take a lot of initiative for a young person to go and seek that out. And I don't even know if I knew what the word grief was. Like, I feel like it was used in the sense of, like, you've given me grief. Like, oh, like away. a joke. Like a joke. But nobody ever explained to me that this may take a while to get over or this is a good way to get over it. It yeah. was just, yeah. My mum my was more of a, like, you know, pick yourself up Tough and life. dust yourself off and we've, we've hugged it out. So, like. Let's move on. Like, we're tough. Let's move. Yeah. Let's start a new school. <laughs> yeah. Let's change our names. Let's fucking yeah. start a new life and we'll leave all the pain in that last round. What was your name when you were in the bus while like a lala or whatever? What was your – what was oh. it – sorry, just real quick. I just My need to – My name was changed to Susila for a few <laughs> years there. And what was Luke? <laughs> Luke was Lokesh. Lokesh. Yeah. And you were Susila. And that was when you were with, like, what, the orange people or something? Yeah, I believe they're called the Anandamaga. And we oh, sorry, was that like... offensive, what I just said? Are you allowed know. to say that? <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. I don't know. One of many different religions and different That you tried out. That we tried out <laughs> as children. Yeah, well, yeah. maybe they could have told me about grief. Maybe if we, we lived. They probably would have danced it out of, of you. Monks. I wonder how they deal with it. They probably celebrate it. I, I, yeah, well, this is interesting that you say this. meditate and sit with it and then celebrate it and move on. Well, that's one of the things about grief in our culture. Mm. So we are definitely in a country, in a culture that we know that we don't handle grief well or death well. Yeah. We talk about every aspect of life, but when it comes to death, mm. it's a almost... Taboo, taboo. Or, yeah, yeah. And, and but people just don't it's too it's so embedded in us that it's such a horrible thing which it is mm. that we can never I don't know like even when I think of other cultures that like dance and have festivals almost when yeah. they lose loved ones and it becomes like a celebration and yeah. they because they believe in something reincarnation so or they, they believe yeah, in it's happy they're going to come back as like an, another part of the family or an animal yeah. that'll watch over us or yeah. I suppose, yeah, if we were taught a beautiful story like that, yeah. then maybe we would. Well, see, we went to church and we were taught about, you know, the Bible's view on heaven and death and mm. different things like that. And it was – but even then, I think you can learn all that stuff, but then it's totally different 
Mm. You can't. It's like the first. It's not the same, but when you watch romantic movies as a kid, like when I watched, um, I'm thinking of Titanic, and you know, mm. oh my gosh, it's so oh, lovely and romantic Jack. and sad. Oh. Never let go. Um, yeah, I think we have this fantasy of romance and all that stuff and then when you actually go through heartbreak the first time it's like whoa this is so bad (laughs) the movies make it look sad but they're like eating lollies and laughing and dancing yeah in real life i'm gonna die now because i'm heartbroken so when it comes to grief it's probably like less shared but Mm. a similar thing yeah do you find watching a sad movie like will trigger you like do you still get triggered you know grief is like a sneaky bitch for me it'll yeah. just pop up when i'm least expecting it grief is a sneaky bitch yeah and i'll just be like oh wow i'm way back to that spot right now where it just happened like yeah. even with you know losing a pet like we both lost yeah our babies like our first our first babies, babies. Within a year of each other, yeah. like Zeppi and ago. Owen. Yeah. Anyone that knows and us knows that we were pretty obsessed with our little Shih Tzus. Yeah, and even that. Well, if I see a dog that looks like him, I am like transported <sighs> Lump in a in second mm. back to that moment where I had to put him down, and that was like horrible. Yeah, like, I know. Oh my god, such I still a sneaky bitch. How it just grabs you. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sneaky bitch. Can I, you go to counselling for the loss? Like, yes. Frowned upon. No way. Well, again, this is something that's really easy to judge. Mm. You and I were devastated when we lost our pets, and we'd already lost Very dad, brother, aunties, like yes. humans yeah. that were that changed our life forever, changed mm. who we are forever, and losing our pets was still like really sad and traumatizing and like hard to move on from and be but I don't know like I feel like people would think that that it would be easier to lose a pet after losing a parent or a sibling but it's almost rocked me and it's that that rocked me I feel like that was equal crying than what I did when I eventually cried over the grief of my dad well this is part of the reason I think you and I were so um grief stricken when it came to our pets is both of us during the time we had our little dogs, which was like overlapped, you had Zeppi a bit longer, maybe mm, a year. Yeah. Um, he they were half brothers <laughs> from two different litters. Uh, we we were very attached to them in our lifestyle. We didn't have children yet. We'd both moved. We'd had yeah. breakups, things like that, and we lost in Joe that time while we had them. Yeah, we went through big grief, and yeah, they helped us through it. Yeah, and they were like that. Sounds crazy, but they were the consistent things in yeah. our life through grief and the consistent, like, boyfriends maybe gone, yeah. breakups, um, houses, moving, yeah. houses. Everywhere. They came everywhere. They, they were our thing. They slept next to us and, yeah. Cro- like, yeah. Travelled in the car with us everywhere we went. Yeah. Grieving is very individual. You can't judge a person. If you grieve a certain way, I feel like grieving can really tear a family apart. Mm-hmm. If you grieve very differently to your sibling or parent or someone who's lost the same person, like you yeah. each, you're all grieving a person, it's hard because you get angry that they're not grieving the way you are. Yeah. And that's a whole nother thing that yeah. you have to suddenly deal with. This Did is... you find that too with Luke, especially since you were both John's kids? Well, I don't know. I, do, I, 
I don't really remember it. Like you, you know me. I have years of blank memories. Like they're gone. And mm. I believe that is from trauma. So the yeah. trauma that I experienced, I, I shut off. And I've got like years of, I can't remember anything. Like I might see a photo and it will trigger something. But that started my next, I want to say like, 18 15 to 18 years of just spiraling downhill yeah <laughs> having moments of like clarity in there and happiness yeah but yeah I, I don't remember yeah mm. and it's interesting because you feel like when you go through something when you go through grief especially to do with a death of someone you feel like where are all the people around me that are supposed mm. to be picking me up and helping me yeah. and that's something I found I misery loves company I surrounded mm -hmm. myself with situations or people that were in the same boat grieving so true. or yeah or that uh, maybe were more damaged than me I would like yeah. to say yeah. or the same amount of damaged as yeah, me because it was so nice yeah and you know what I did too that's I haven't even said this to probably a thought over the last couple of years since becoming mum I want to tell these people this but I've never done it so let's say you're hearing this right now if you're my friend but <laughs> I when Joe was diagnosed I was 24 and Dub and I was 26 during that time mm -hmm. so many of our friends were buying houses getting engaged getting married having babies and I fucking hated it yeah all I could think of was how can you be so happy and be none of your brothers are dying yeah. you're all getting doing all these incredible things you're meant to do in your 20s and yeah. being free and and I'm dying over here I'm drowning and you're all so fucking happy and none of them were able to help me through the process of Joe being sick or from when he grieved because I if they wanted to like I don't know maybe they didn't maybe, know what to do yeah. but I didn't give any of them the chance exactly. any friend that was there growing up especially if they were part of Joe's life too most of them I was like later yeah. I don't want to see you I can't be around you you just mm -hmm. remind me of all the things I don't have yeah. because I'm like my world is crashing around me yeah and I, I would never say I hated them. I hated the situation and I was so angry with all of them for living a normal, normal quote, unquote, <laughs> normal life while everything in my life and my little family's life was burning down. Yeah. And that was really hard for me because even now I've still got um, friendships that have been permanently damaged. There is some of it. So we're going to talk about friendship in another episode, another episode, yeah. but so that this is a story for another episode, um, the good and the bad of friendships. But besides a couple of things that were not to do with Joe dying, I have had damages and sort of fra fractures in friendships that mm -hmm. some of them aren't completely healed. Some of them are healed, but yeah, where I've pushed them away. And that isn't that so standard. I feel like child, adult, we always yeah. push away people when we're grieving. Yeah. That's like so common. And do you wish that they had uh, sort of held you closer even though you were pushing them away? Um, I don't know. I've I've tried to think about this because I sometimes, you what know, would stages you do of grief. If your friend went through well, what you did and they were pushing you away, would you feel offended? I would meet them where they're at. No, I would try. Okay, so I wouldn't write myself off and get drunk all the time like pretty much what I was doing for a while during that time mm -hmm. to cope so I wouldn't 
I suppose, become that. But I would try really hard to just be there and not ask questions, not be like, are you okay? Even though it's, are you okay day to day? Yeah. In that instance, sometimes asking stupid questions. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, not, I'm okay. Maybe like, I don't know what to say. So can I just be here? Or do you want me to just leave? What can I, Mm. I don't know. I, it's hard because if you switched it and it was one of them mm. with their brother sick and I'd never experienced it, maybe I'd behave the same way. Yep. So, but I think in our culture too, grief is quite polarizing or quite, we, it's like we breathe in and we yeah, act calm in. and we walk, yeah. yeah, we walk quietly around people grieving so we don't disturb them. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't it's really hard, know. It's isn't it? It's just like what you said about Alicia. Like she wanted wanted nobody to touch that subject, but then when they didn't, she felt upset. So yeah. it's really hard of what you would do to somebody, yeah, in your scenario. And I think you're right where you would just meet them where, where they're, they're at. at. Like when you asked me last episode, what I do if I ask somebody, a loved one, and they say they're not okay, I just try, yeah, you sit with yeah. them in that sadness. Like, that's what you do. And that's that's what we did together. Like, there was times where we would just watch the same movie, like, yeah. on repeat and drink the same bottle of red wine that was, you know, on special. Yeah, like the bottle and a and block that, of chocolate. And that was just re- maybe the repetition just kept us sane and distraction yeah Yeah, constantly being distracted Mm. yeah it's tough and you've just relived it two days ago yeah well our another joe so joe's namesake uncle joe my dad's oldest brother passed away he was nearly 90 he was about Mm. to turn nine i've watched my nana and pa so on my other side of the family mum's parents say recently like we're we're the last ones left everyone else is dead like it like it's a pleasure to get i know it's a pleasure and it's a it's like such a blessing to get old to not die at 21 and miss out on so much joe my brother never got to be a dad would have been an amazing dad never got to get married never got to do all this stuff he should have been able to do so we say you know don't get angry at aging. Be grateful for being old. But mm. then you actually get to the point where you see people in their and you last years friends. and you outlive all your friends. And then I think, God, what's worse? Yeah. <laughs> like, that sounds horrible. Yeah. But see, then in that case, I suppose yeah. we all have to learn to, as we get older, to just lean into it. That's life. Yeah. We're all going to start to slowly die and it's crap and that's life. But. Yeah, and just make, I suppose you might maybe make peace with it as you start getting older maybe Mm. because it's when you're in your 80s and 90s, you're like, wow. And you know what's really beautiful? Dad was sitting in the hospital just before his brother stopped sort of speaking. Um, He had had strokes, so he was losing the ability to talk. And so the la- one of the last things he said was he looked at my auntie Lorna, his wife, they've been married for since they were kids, yeah. young, young, and he said, we've had a good life. And that was one of the last things he said. Oh. I know. And I and Dad said he looked at them and he just, in that moment, it was like, yep, he knows it's he knows. time soon. And just to say that, to acknowledge to his wife, we've had a good life. It's yeah. been great. Thank you, you know. Oh, Annie Lorna. <laughs> I know, I know. And it's, I think as we move on in each generation, we become more understanding the are you okay question, today's yeah. are you okay day. 
not leaving people by the wayside, not like just acknowledge mm. people's grief, acknowledge where people are at when it comes to grief, mental health, any of that stuff. Just yeah. like you said, meet them where they're they're where they're at. Yeah, if they push you away, just be there. Yeah. I've I've pushed friends away when I did grieve. Yeah. In like when I was twenty seven and the ones that stuck around were the yeah. ones that would leave a bag of food at the door and just knock and send you a message and say, you know, hope you're eating. There's watermelon at the door, which is like oh. my favourite recovery food. Yeah. You know what I mean? And a bottle of wine and I love you and call me when you're ready. Yeah. I think Don't be offended. That's how to be a good friend when someone's grieving. I agree. Don't yeah. be offended if someone's offended. grieving and it's they push you. you. Yeah, just yeah. accept it and say okay well i'm here when you're ready or like you said sometimes those little things just leaving a watermelon at the front door you know that's oh that's so beautiful isn't it i think i will definitely take yeah that well yeah i just have sort of with you i was like how am i going to deal with this when you told me uncle joe's gone and i was like oh fuck like yeah how do i help oh no i was sitting there like (laughs) even last night and i was like What's going to make her feel better? And so I just Googled memes, which is, I don't know, the two. But they were really funny and they made me happy. <laughs> the first one was like, this is how you help a sad person. Get a blanket, roll sad person in blanket, like a roll of sushi. sushi. <laughs> Place them on a couch, turn on the TV, keep them well hydrated because tears make you dehydrated. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, if, if I could do this to you, if we like live together yeah. and I had a blanket and, <laughs> and eat some chocolate, that's what I would do right now. Yeah. Happy but, little sushi roll. <laughs> yeah. I won't mention the next one because... Oh my god, the next one was fucking funny. <laughs> it did cheer you up though, didn't it? Yes. <laughs> oh my god, see, and it was another sushi roll one, but we better not say it because this <laughs> you is totes PG. <laughs> yeah, so wow. This has been really good and healing. That was a beautiful, like hard conversation. And for anybody listening, if it did bring up anything that triggers you or you need to talk and you don't have a friend or family member, call Lifeline on 13 11 14 and they're always here for you. Exactly. It's been real. It has. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for supporting us. Thank you for listening. Until next time. See you next week. You have been listening to a Your Wild Sister podcast. Thank you so much for joining this conversation. I hope that you get a lot out of it. I hope that you feel like you're a part of this crazy wild family. If you'd like to follow me on Instagram at Your Wild Sister, you can DM me, be a part of this conversation. Keep it real and raw. Keep it wild. See you next time.